I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Tribal chief around here. Yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. You know what? I'm gonna make you do what I do, baby. I'm gonna make you do what I do, baby. Now, baby, I just wanna take your freaking clothes off. Kiss your body while I take your freaking clothes off. Lead them hills on while I take your clothes off. Lead them lights on, let me see you go on. Baby, that's my body calling your name. And baby, that's your body doing the same. So act right, don't show me. Back it up, now put it on me. Act right, don't show me. Back it up, now put it on me. Now what you wanna do? You wanna get high, you wanna get fired up. What you wanna do? You wanna get sex? You wanna get tired of? Get your body wider, baby girl. Let them rise up. I think you better rise up, 'cause I'm about to rise up. What you wanna do? You wanna get high? You wanna get fired up? What you wanna do? You wanna get sex? You wanna get tired of? Get your body wider, baby girl. Let them rise up. I think you better rise up, 'cause I'm about to rise up. Now baby, holla at me, tell me what you're missing. I can put in work in every position from the kitchen table. You need it, baby. I'll 
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 369 of the Hoots Podcast. Coming to you live from the Break Free Room here in Chicago, Illinois. It's your boy, Joshy. Make sure to follow me on Twitter right there on the screen at the Hoots Podcast. This podcast comes to you free of charge anywhere you get your podcasts from on a Thursday right here on YouTube. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our uh, channel as we're on the road to 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And don't forget, folks, we are... 31 episodes away from reaching episode 400 of the Hoots Podcast. Like I said, I am the master of ceremonies, the one and only brother Adam, a.k.a. Josh Lopez. Hope everybody's doing well this week. It is July 13, 2023. This year is flying by really fucking fast. <laughs> Welcome to the program, everybody. And um, we got a lot to discuss tonight. It's going to go spring to all fields, not just WWE or AEW related this week. It's not even just going to be a wrestling-related podcast tonight. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to discuss in the world of life and relationships. Uh, you guys see the title of this week's episode is called Boundaries. And I'm going to post a question for everybody that's watching and listening to this right now. What in your eyes is, how far do you set your boundaries in a personal setting or relationship. I'm kind of curious. Uh, for those who know, this is not just a pro wrestling podcast. This is also a live podcast, and we not we don't stray away from uncomfortable conversations. And we're going to have one today about uh, boundaries once I'm done with the Q&A session. And uh, it's been a very hot-button issue, especially on Twitter over the last couple of days, about what's the right set of boundaries to lay in a relationship. And as a guy whose priority right now is really not base and validation is not rooted in relationships right now. I like to give my point of view from somebody from uh, a far distant <laughs> uh, point of view. Like, I'm not in the weeds in the, when it comes to the dating and relationship stuff. That's really not a uh, focus for me at this point in my life. But I like to share my two cents and uh, give you some reality checks that people may not bring up because they're too tied down into what their previous relationship in. So they really have context to really apply anything that's coming out of their mouth <laughs> so we'll get to that after the q a session is over uh don't forget coming up this weekend i am bringing back my wrestling transcripts make sure to bookmark prowrestlingtranscriptions.com as i will be covering the entire g1 climax tournament for new japan pro wrestling uh, this is exclusive to New Japan. No, I'm not covering Raw. No, I'm sure as hell ain't covering Dynamite. <laughs> uh, this is just an exclusive thing for New Japan. This is going to be a great opportunity for the site to get back out there and uh, hopefully get some more support for the website. And I need this creative niche to pour out of me. I miss doing my articles and I miss my job in general since I've been furloughed since March. And I'm like, why not? Why not do it yourself? <laughs> and what, what what will come out of it will come out of it. But if you guys see me uh, post any articles when it comes to um, the G1 and my coverage this year, please retweet it. Share with your friends. It would really mean a lot to me. Uh, it's been way too long since I've been put to the side with what I do best in this field, which is uh, making wrestling transfers. Don't get wrong. I have a lot of confidence and I'm very humble with the success I've been able to accomplish with this particular show that you're listening and watching to right now. And the fact that we're very close to reaching a million uh, downloads is a testament to that. But 
for those who know me and my work ethic, the trances are really what fuel me and what I'm really best at when it comes to this field of wrestling media. And uh, I felt like I lost a big sense of normalcy when I lost my job earlier this year. So to bring it back, um, especially for this occasion with the G1, which is the best tournament in professional wrestling, it means a lot to me. So if you guys see me share the articles, please retweet it and share it with a friend. It would mean a lot to me. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, for everybody that's been supporting me throughout this entire process. Uh, just a big shout-out to my family, of course, for uh, always being there with me. And, of course, uh, the man upstairs for uh, keeping me straight and keeping things in perspective. And uh, this man has been uh, guiding me the entire process since I made the move, since I lost my apartment, since I lost my job. <laughs> It hasn't been an easy year, but I'm making the best out of it. And uh, we got a badass studio here. We got some new equipment. <laughs> I got to thank my uh, Theo Jose for the new camera that I'm talking to right now. And also this ring light that's in this uh, table here. I'm trying to expand what the Hoots podcast could be from a visual point of view. I can't claim to be a professional broadcaster with an amateur setup. You know what I mean? I think the next thing is to probably get rid of this microphone. <laughs> look how small it is. All right. So for those who are watching on YouTube, look how big my hand is, right? I'm putting my hand up right here. Look how small this microphone is that I'm talking to right now. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, my hand compared to this microphone is a joke. So, uh, I have to find a new microphone setup to at least make it more professional where I'm just talking to it and I don't have to hold it the entire time. But um, <laughs> I try my best to expand this show as much as I can. This show's been around uh, since 2016. It's been a full DIY project and through multiple co-hosts and different variations and different platforms. I try to make the best <laughs> out of this situation. I am not the best when it comes to graphic designs. I don't know how to make overlays and all this other shit. But I'm trying my best to get the Who's Podcast name out there. And if you guys support the show, it really means a lot to me. So <laughs> anyway, let me take a quick swig of water really quick. All right. So we're going to start the show as we usually do. With the back porch Q&A session, as always, if you have any questions for your boy, you can ask along here live. Uh, just comment down below. Don't be shy. Say hello. And um, it could be uh, sports league, wrestling, anything that's on your mind. But don't forget, once we're at the end of this uh, segment, I uh, will be discussing a lot of the uh, controversial topics and debates about boundaries. So let's answer some questions, shall we? All right, here we go. First question and a big batch of questions this week uh, comes from the good brother Chris Zaletta at XTeamZaletta24X on Twitter. Make sure to throw up the X, everybody, for him. And uh, Chris here says, what up, Boost? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Thoughts on Nick Wayne's debut? Um, very athletic. Uh, I like the little promo background theme that they've been doing with him and talk about uh, his father and his unfortunate passing and, you know, why he's in the business. And I know the guy is 18 years old, so I'm not really going to come on here and shit on a guy or whatever. I will say that he does have a very generic indie uh, style to him, but the crowd seemed to be interested with him. And I think too many times AW pretends that their entire fan base knows every little aspect every robbery from all these random indie promotions. And I don't really think that's the case. Uh, so when I, when it was announced that it was going to be him against swerve, it didn't blow me away. I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe Nick Wayne is going to be on AW fire swerve Strickland. One, I think swerve is overrated 
Yeah, I'll get to that later on <laughs> in the show. But when it comes to Nick Wayne, I, I appreciate what he's doing. And he's getting the opportunity, making the best out of his TV time. And um, I I thought it was all right. I, I thought his wrestling style is very generic, but that's going to come with a guy his age. And there's going to be a lot of growing pains uh, along the way. So, so far, so good. Uh, next question. Who wins the Bloody Guts match? Um, I think it'll be the Blackpool Cuckold Club. Only because I think Chris Jericho will help Don Callis make the Golden Elite lose or whatever. I, uh, I'm so tired of that feud. And the fact that people think that this feud in between these two factions are over just because they're having blood and guts next week, I think is really delusional. Uh, who gets cashed in on, Rhea or Asuka? Very good question. I'm going to go with Asuka. Uh I don't know if Eel will capitalize on the opportunity where Asuka's laid out. Who knows? Maybe you have Charlotte, Bianca, and Asuka at SummerSlam, and all these ladies are laid out, and then Eel can cash in there. I Maybe she cashes in and asks for a match in advance. We have no idea how this is going to go. I will say, though, cashing in on Rhea Ripley is not a good idea, nor I think it will be a, a successful venture for Io, uh, Shirai. So I don't think that um, Rhea will be the one that will be cashed in on for the ladies' side. Um, Santos Escobar has teased LWO possibly expanding. Who could see? Who could you see join? Um, unless there's a scenario where they uh, were able to add Damian Priest in a trade or something like that. Let's say like maybe he's the one that leads the judgment day. Uh, I, I think maybe Damien Priest would be a good fit with the group, but also at the same time, um, I, it's not a stereotypical thing, but it would be kind of odd just adding a random white person or somebody else in the, the, the Latino world order. So I don't know. I think Damien Priest would probably be my best guess of who could join that group. Um, I don't think it's going to be Los Lotharios because they're doing their thing in NXT, and that's that. Uh, maybe Dragon lead down the road. Uh, which NFL teams take a step back this year? Uh, let's start us off. I got three of them. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Can- uh, the Chiefs will probably win. Damn you, AFC West. Um, no, I, <laughs> it'll be the Vikings, it'll be the Cowboys, and then... I'm going to say Baltimore. I'm not a Lamar guy. I appreciate his athletic ability, and he's done some good stuff in the in the league, and he's an MVP. I can't take that away from him, but I think he's overrated, and now he's injury-prone. And I also think that Baltimore is going to regret giving him that contract. So, uh, yeah, I got the Vikings, the Cowgirls, and the Ravens. All right, AEW possibly expanding their pay-per-view schedule. Are there... Th- are the three-month gaps in between an issue in this time, or is it this possible change needed, especially when they give free matches away on TV? Your thoughts? Um, uh, <laughs> there's multiple things to go off with that particular topic in general. Well, first off, I don't know about you, but I'm not paying 50 bucks a month for any wrestling pay-per-view. I don't care what uh, company it is. And two... Who in the blue hell would want to sit through monthly scrums with Tony Khan? That's a legitimate question. If somebody's watching this right now, you, you tell me that you want to shell out 50 bucks every month or so. 
maybe two pay-per-views in a particular month and sit through those Tony Khan media scrums or half-ass attempts of media scrums, if we're being honest. <laughs> the the gap between pay-per-views has never been an issue. It's just that too many times you have the same people fighting each other on Dynamite or Collision. By the time they fight each other in a pay-per-view, it's just there. Um, and that's the thing. I appreciate the fact that they want to have most of their shows be highly dominated with the wrestling matches. But you have too many matches on TV, TV that overstay their welcome and too many similar match pairings. So by the time you consider a build towards a pay-per-view match, it's just there. So that's why you need the gimmick stipulations or the Iron Man stipulations because you're seeing these guys fight each other in so many different scenarios. All you need is a gimmick match just to see people bleed by the time we get to the pay-per-view match. So I really think this the way they go about building up to the, towards their pay-per-views and their over-excessive need to more or less shoot their load um, <laughs> on Dynamite and still only average around 800,000 viewers a week. I just think it's an odd strategy. But, hey, man, <laughs> you want to grab people's attention, giving them pay-per-view matches every week. That's, that's, your, that's your prerogative. Um, next question. Interested to hear how you would book Roman Reigns opponents-wise from after SummerSlam till Mania. Well, I think that this one with Jay will probably be one month. Do you get a... Well, here's the thing we have to consider. I don't believe that Roman Reigns is going to be wrestling at Payback or Fastlane, so... If there was like an international show or a stadium show that's either Saudi Arabia or the next country that WWE has a premium live event at, I think you might see him fight maybe a Bobby Lashley on the show. But for there, if you go to Survivor Series, it looks like it might go back to Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, you could do Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in Chicago. Uh, I think that'd be a big market, a big money match in a big market. And you, those two could definitely main event the show. Um, when it comes to the Royal Rumble, you got to see what that ties in with the bloodline again. I, I don't think Jay would get another shot at the, at the Rumble. I don't know. Maybe you do Roman and Bobby Lashley. Maybe somebody gets hot uh, and you least expect it and they get a title shot at Royal Rumble. One way or another, I do believe that we will find a way to have Roman Reigns uh, fight Cody Rhodes again at WrestleMania 40, and I think that goes through Cody winning the uh, Elimination Chamber. I don't believe Cody will win the Royal Rumble, but I do believe he'll win the Elimination Chamber, and that's how you could justify uh, the second match with Roman and Cody and Philadelphia. That's a good question. Uh, which match are you looking forward to the most for Slam Anniversary? Um, I'm gonna say Deanna Perazzo and Trinity. I this thing is gonna be a good, interesting matchup, and I I think they said that's the main event of the pay per view, which is kind of interesting. But uh, it's good. It should be a good match, and um, Impact has never done a bad job on pay per views with their women's matches, so I wouldn't expect this to be any different. So I'm I'm excited. For it, and it should be it should be an interesting match, and I also think Nick uh, Nick Aldis and Alex Shelley would be a very good match too. 
Um, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, Slammiversary uh, in a little bit. I'm actually tying multiple <laughs> companies into different segments today because we we have so much to talk about. Um, but Chris, I do appreciate you uh, sending out the questions. As always, brother, I appreciate you. Uh, we had a lot of questions this week. Uh, the next batch of questions this week comes from the good brother Sam Piopo at Second City Sam. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Second City Sam. You certainly will not uh, regret it. Uh, questions for the show. Does Dom, does Braun Breaker get enough love for his work on NXT? No. Uh, I think Braun Breaker is the most underrated wrestler in professional wrestling today. Uh, he's going to do some damage uh, on the main roster uh, whenever that time comes. And go check out Braun Breaker and Ilya Dragunov from NXT this week. It was a phenomenal match. Um, I, I don't think he gets enough love. I think the poor guy just was put in a bad position because people wanted to uh, just harp on NXT 2.0 because Vince McMahon lives rent-free in wrestling fans' heads. And he was the scapegoat along the way. And that's unfortunate because Braun is... Uh, a very talented guy for his lack of experience, if you will. But uh, I, I think he's f- fantastic. He had a really good run as an NXT champion, and he's killing it right now as a bad guy. So uh, I think the sky's the limit for his future, and I'm a big fan of Braun Breaker. Uh, next question. In your opinion, what do you think Ilya Dragunov's ceiling is in WWE? Uh, do I think Dragunov could be a world champion in WWE? No. Uh, I think his ceiling is high-level grudge feuds against veterans, maybe a couple of IC title or U.S. title reigns here and there. Do I ever see him becoming the world heavyweight champion or the uh, universal uh, champion? No. Uh, And that's not a bad thing to say. Not everybody's going to be the WWE or Universal Champion, and I'm not taking anything away from Dragunov. I've been a fan of his work since NXT UK, and I know how good he is in the ring, uh, just because he probably won't win all the titles all the time or be in the main event scene doesn't mean he would have a bad run uh, in WWE. So um, his ceiling for me is upper mid-card, more grudge views against veterans, but I don't see him as a guy that's going to be in the main events and stuff like that. Uh, since Pac is back on AW, what do you like to see Pac do? Well, I like to see Pac be on his own and stop being the bitch boy in these random trios and factions and nonsense. If we're being honest, I think Pac is, excuse me, is a very talented wrestler and it's done a lot of good in AW and a lot of good matches, but it's like his momentum just never stays consistent. It's always like he's either drifted off in a trios feud with the Death Triangle, or now he's lumping himself into this mud show fest with the Blackpool Cuckoo Club and the Golden Elite next week for Blood and Guts. I, I just rather see, him, rather see him as a singles wrestler, but at the same time... <laughs> This dude takes two to three months off after every feud he's in, so I, I really don't know what to say. I love to see Pac on TV more, but that's up to him. I don't know what his status is with his visa issues, so that's I, I don't have the right answer for that. <laughs> um, is the Seth Rollins theme song getting old to you at all? For me, I'm starting to become annoyed by all the singing taking over segments at times. Well, I mean, there was the one segment where the crowd was not letting Finn Balor speak, but... Um, 
it's a little different scenario. Like, I don't get why people are singing Judas for Chris Jericho when he's a heel. It's a different scenario here with Seth Rollins being the good guy. And the crowds want to sing the song. Now, do I need to hear him sing the entire song while people are talking? No, I don't think people singing over people's wrestlers the new what. I know that's a popular trend on wrestling Twitter, but the fans are having a good time. And a lot of people want to be there and sing and dance and do that stuff with Seth Rollins. And this guy's gone through enough nonsense with the fickleness of the wrestling fans these days. So good for him. If it means that we have to hear his theme song more than the extended length of time it should be, then oh well. (laughs) Um, Let's go to the next question here. Are you intrigued by the Baron Corbin promos in NXT? Yes, I am. I am a Baron Corbin fan. I'm an advocate for him as a wrestler and as a human being. And I think um, whatever comes around with this new character that he's going to go into, I'm curious to see how it works for him. So uh, I think him being an NXT right now will be a good run for him. And I hope it works out for him because I am a fan of the guy. Are the Bears being overlooked heading into this upcoming season? No, I mean, it's the Bears. I mean, let's be let's be honest. Our team sucks. All sh- the state of Chicago sports could be defined in two words. We stinks, okay? Chicago sports is just ass. It sucks. The Bulls suck. Why? The Blackhawks suck. Why? The Cubs suck. Why? My White Sox suck. Why? The Bears suck. What? It, it's just, there's no hope for our teams right now. I want to be as positive as I can with our sports teams, but just the fact, man, like, it doesn't matter what we do. Neither are, there's no front office in this city that's willing to do things to, how would I say, accelerate, but move the franchise up to the next top tier level, like other elite franchises. Either, the owners or the front office people are too cheap. Like Cubs fans, I, I I like to say I'm sorry in advance, but you're not going to get Shohei Otani. I can't say anything as a White Sox fan because Jerry Reinsdorf is our owner, and the same thing applies to the Chicago Bulls, so you know how that's going to work. I'm happy that we got Connor Bernard. Hopefully something changes there with the Blackhawks with the, all the bad PR they've been dealing with. And then we got the Bears. I mean, <laughs> I I can't say that they're being overlooked because anytime the team does have some modicum of, of success, then the next following season, Bears fans act like, oh, it's Super Bowl or bust. Like, for example, the uh, 2018 team, right? They had a fun season. It was 12-4. and four. It was the first time they made the playoffs since 2010. The next year, I hear Waddle Sylvie on the radio saying, oh, it, the Bears better win the Super Bowl or it's it's a bust. Like, how the, what? <laughs> I, I don't get Chicago sports fans. Like, that makes no sense. How can you say a team is a Super Bowl contender after one season when they haven't been to the playoffs eight prior seasons towards that? <laughs> it makes no sense. So I, I can't say they're being overlooked. Because it's the Bears. What could go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> I, I want to be proven wrong, but I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't. I, I love to see Justin Fields. Uh, I, I like to see where things go with the young guys that we still have on our defensive secondary. But 
I don't know. <laughs> the Bears are the Bears. I think they're properly looked. I, I guess that's the best way I can answer that. <laughs> Sam says, why you got to break balls about Otani? Uh, ask Tom Ricketts. That's why. <laughs> All right. Are there any more excuses for Justin Fields? Well, that just depends how you define excuses. How long of a lease are you going to give somebody that's drafted to the NFL as a quarterback? I just look at it in different scenarios for different quarterbacks. Some people are lucky to be in the positions that they are. Some people succeed within good talent that they have, like Joe, uh, Joe Burrow does. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have the right answer for it because I, I, I think it's – how are we defining excuses? I mean <laughs> – just think about the situation he's been in these last two seasons. I mean, you, you could only expect these to go up from here because it can't, it can't, you can't go from Matt Nagy and his final year as the coach, then to a three and fourteen football team and expect things to get worse. So I, I really can't say that the guy is um, at a loss of no return like Mitch was. Justin had a lot of exciting plays last season. Um, I'm hopeful that things will have more steady progress and this will be a lot more consistency and not overly relying on running the football, but also at the same time, <laughs> this is the nature within this city. I mean, I can't, we can't do this as a franchise where we shuffle in quarterbacks every three seasons after they get drafted because, <laughs> and I get it at some time, at some time you got to figure out whether the person's a dude or not. I'd just say let the play on the field dictate that. And then if he doesn't perform this season, they have the right to decline his fifth-year option and see where things go from there. Um, I want, I, I'm i hopeful that the guy is good enough to be that guy for the city because I, I, I never seen a great franchise quarterback for the Bears. <laughs> and I, I, I love to see it for the guy, but... Uh, I can't really say that any more excuses. I mean, who the fuck is going to do well? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you could go for, I don't know how you could get worse from having a guy at his lame duck coaching year. And then on a three and 14 team where everybody's being traded. He, um, I know we got DJ Moore. Uh, they got Darnell, right? I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm not saying wishfully positive, but <laughs> I, I just have to see on the field. That's just really my approach now with these sports scenes. I can't go off of trends. I can't go off of narratives of what's said on the radio because half the time the people on sports talk radio talk out of both sides of their ass. So it's really hard to follow in with what's actually the truth or not. I just let the play on the field figure it out. I don't need um, Dan Bernstein or that cuck Lawrence Holmes to tell me that the White Sox suck. I, I see it on my TV screen. So, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's just hard to answer that right now. Uh, when will the endless purgatory for Chicago baseball end? Uh, that's a very good question. <laughs> I did hear something about the... I heard something that Wrigley Field might get the All-Star game in 2025. I think that's pretty cool. Um... New ownership, man. That's the best way I can answer that. New ownership on both sides of town. You could um, 
appreciate the Ricketts and what they've done that they brought a championship to the city and they now at least made the neighborhood of <laughs> they made Wrigley Field as a concourse area in the surrounding area not look like a shithole anymore. So I, I give the Ricketts credit for that. Um, but as far as baseball operations are concerned, the White Sox are a middling franchise. And the Cubs, they don't want to spend the money. <laughs> they want to talk like they're a big league t- uh, big league organization. And not saying the fans, I'm saying the team itself. But show, show your actions. Shell out the money. Write out a blank check for Otani and see if that actually works. Like, <laughs> don't tell me about, uh, what was the term that Ricky said? Uh, un- un- unlimited, not, uh, I'm trying to remember. It was something on un- uh, unrestricted funds or something like that. Um, anyways, <laughs> stop being cheap. Um, let's see. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. What do you enjoy doing more, writing transcripts or recording the show? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I have personally, I have more fun doing this because this is a uh, therapy for me in some ways. This is a great opportunity for me to just speak from the heart and, um, record a fun show and try to bring something different to the table in the wrestling audio space. And I've been doing this now for 10 years and I'm, I, I, uh, humbly can say that this is one of the best wrestling related, uh, podcasts that's out there in the world. And it's due to a lot of hard work and just due to the fact that we have a fun show that's based on nuanced conversations. Everything I'm saying to you right now on this show, I would say next to you if we're sitting next to each other in the studio and recording the show at the same time. Nothing with me changes. Uh, when I turn this camera off and by the time the show's over, if you ask me an opinion on something <laughs> that you hear on this show, I'll probably tell you the same thing um, in person. So for me, I get more personal satisfaction doing this show because uh, it's a good emotional release for me. Uh, I love professional wrestling. This is a fun challenge. I've always had people in my life tell me that um, how, how can you expect to be the next Jim Ross if you're shy? I've had people question me about how shy I am and stuff like that. And really, um, I'm guarded to a fall at times, but um, I'm just very cautious of how I carry myself and what I surround myself and what I part, what I give my energy to more, more or less. And I have a hard time trusting people. So for me, when it comes to this question, like, don't get me wrong. I, I love doing the transcripts. Uh, it's been a great deal of accomplishment of, from a financial point of view. And I, for the fact that I was able to pay off my apartment by doing the transcripts, but I get more personal enjoyment by doing this because this is all DIY. Everything that's gone on into this show has been on my own accord. Um, Brother Carter's played a big part of it. Adam's played a big part of it. You've played a big part of it. Everybody that's been on this show has played a big part to making this show what it is today. And really, I'm really I'm doing something different <laughs> than most wrestling podcasts. We're not talking about booking the entire show. This show is not... 100% decade to just professional wrestling. Uh, I'm very proud of what the show's been able to accomplish. Uh, I'm glad. I, I really take more enjoyment when I see people say that, hey, um, your podcast is a great like mental escape for me. That's awesome because that's the goal. 
every time I record a show, I want you guys feels like you guys could just let loose and pretend that I'm sitting next to you in a uh, in a bonfire session or just in the back porch, and we're just shooting the shit about life and wrestling. And really, that's been the goal of this show, and try to give you some laughs, give you some life advice along the way. And really, this this show has been very powerful for me from a mental health point of view, and. I'm very grateful for what this show has given me for the last uh, seven years. Uh, To think that we could get close to 400 episodes (laughs) on a project like this, when it's not 100% 100 rooted in dirt sheet dialogue (laughs) and everything else that everybody else does. uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of the stuff we've been able to accomplish with this show. So recording the show means the most to me. Uh, because um, just that personal fulfillment and what's done for me from a mental health point of view. Uh, I I went through some dark times a few years ago with the whole Warren stuff, and really it was this show that helped me lift my spirits back up. And I wouldn't trade this show for anything. That's why that's why I take a lot of pride with what I do with this show. And the transcripts, maybe I would have a different answer if I was in a different position right now with the transcripts. And yes, my furlough situation has kind of hindered my outlook in the wrestling media landscape as a whole. And it's kind of, maybe I would have a different answer if I wasn't furloughed, Sam. But also, I have to take, I have to be cognizant of what this show has meant to me more from a personal level than a professional level. Because I think it would be very selfish at times for me just to say transcripts because oh this is what I get the most views from that's what I get the most money money from I think that'd be very selfish and disingenuous um from my point of view because that's not how I look at this uh I I think that by the time this show is over hopefully people will understand the impact that it's had and the purpose that the show served I have my transcripts I'm proud of it but at the end of the day, the transcripts only go out to a certain amount of people. Transcripts and play-by-play articles are not respected in uh, wrestling media as a whole. They're not properly compensated throughout all wrestling websites. And I really, my success it, when it comes to the transcripts is in spite of wrestling media. And that's that's a shoot. <laughs> I'm not speaking from the heart right now. I, I really am. But everything here is pure. Transcripts, I'm very good at it. I have fun covering wrestling matches. But for me, it's this show. It's what's at heart, and that's what's at home. Because I, I have a family here because of this show. I have built a lot of great relationships because of this show. And... Um, I'm more in tune with who I am as a human being because of this show. So that's that. Uh, next question. Uh, are you going to any of the Eagles last tour shows? Oh, you bastard. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> oh man. I saw the news the other day. I saw that. I saw that post. Damn, I knew this day was coming. I I can't I can't be too bogged down by it. I I gotta be realistic. These guys are in their mid and upper seventies now. <laughs> These guys can't tour forever. But yes, um, my all time favorite band, the Eagles, 
are going away for good now. And um, they announced that they're doing this long goodbye tour uh, with Steely Dan as a feature guest, which is pretty cool. Uh, they haven't announced any dates yet for Chicago. I think they'll probably do a multi-night uh, thing at the United Center. I, I would not be surprised. Um, I was very fortunate to go to uh, Eagles concert by myself. Uh, was it 2021 or 2022? Excuse me. Let me take a sip of water quickly. I've been talking nonstop for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I got to clear out my throat. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, I, I think I went to an Eagles concert uh, March of 2022 uh, by myself. It was the Hotel California concert. Um, I was right by the stage. It was a night that I treated myself to because I wanted to see my favorite band and it was a fun night. Uh, I've been to two concerts in my life and they've both been Eagles concerts. So the Eagles hold a special place in my heart. Uh, they really do. Uh, it's a special bond that I have with my grandfather, uh, who introduced me to the Eagles. Um, I, Musically wise, I think I'm most inspired by um, uh, George Harrison of the Beatles and Glenn Fry of the Eagles. And the Eagles have just been my favorite rock band since day one. <laughs> and uh, it, it sucks, man. I, I hate to see that that's coming. I, I hope maybe uh, they could bring back Don Felder for this tour. Um, I know he's been away from the band for 20 years now, but it'd be nice to see him. Um, be part of this tour. Whenever if they do come to Chicago, I will try my best to go to the show because I had a special bond with my grandfather watching the Eagles concerts. I went to an Eagles concert with him in 2008. My first concert was with him. Um, uh, I think it was the Long Road Out of Eden tour. That was a crazy night because I played a football game Um uh, Earlier that night, it was like midweek. I think it was like a Thursday or something. We had a game at um, uh, Hanson Stadium by Prosser. For those who live in Chicago, Prosser High School, their football stadium. I played there. It was my freshman year of high school. I played the football game. We won the game. And I had to rush out (laughs) when we got back to the school uh, to clean up and everything because I was going to the – the Eagles concert. I think it was starting at eight o'clock or something like that. And um that was a wild night. Think about that. Uh fifteen years ago, two thousand eight. That's that's insane, man. <laughs> uh thank you, Sam, for the questions this week, my brother. I appreciate you as always. Um, all right. Last batch of questions here this week comes from the good brother Mike at Main Event Swerve down in Houston. He says, what a boost. I've been working hard and actually on a diet kick of my own, but still won't shoot for 205 live like you are, man. <laughs> but more power for you, more power to you for it. Here's the questions in the 11th hour for the back porch. Uh, what uh, Mike is referring to is um, <laughs> uh, I'm not my project I'm working on, I'm shooting to get down to 205 pounds. It's actually, it'd probably be, I don't know, 30 pounds less than I was when I was playing football in high school. I have a big goal that I'm working on. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a goal that I set out for myself. It's a personal challenge that I'm putting myself through. 
uh, about like a month and a half into this process of doing my own workouts, meal preps. I haven't drank soda in two months. Um, rarely have had any takeout food. It's been mostly home food and my meal preps and everything. And um, this process has been it's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't been easy. Um, it's been an adjustment period, but it's good. I feel a lot better about myself, and I feel I feel a lot loose. Um, really, right now, gauging progress by how I'm feeling because when you go through process like this with where I'm at, um, you can't just go off of instant results, and I'm not really an instant result uh, type of guy. And I think my progress and results will show within time. But for literally for the last month and a half, I've been doing walking for an hour a, uh, a day uh, for five days a week. And then I, over time in the weekend, I'll either go walking around doing errands and stuff with my aunt or just try to find ways to walk in between. But yeah, for like Monday through Fridays, I spend out an hour a day to uh doing walks and then adding uh dumbbell reps after each walking session and um it's been it's been it's been good <laughs> I, I have no complaints about it it has it's not easy you know I, I feel it i feel it in my legs with my calves some days my calves are like flaming hot and i try to make sure that um um that I'm not overdoing it because um, I really think the side for me that I really wanted to challenge myself and start going through this process. I had a situation. I was helping my dad out uh, on his work route and he, uh, he, he does deliveries around Chicago where he sells like Italian beefs, pizza, pots, a bunch of stuff. And uh, there's a lot of heavy lifting with boxes and stuff. And I accidentally messed up my ankle tripping over a curb um and really just a lot of embarrassment came along that way i know it was a brief accident but it was also a sign of that i needed to like uh go on with this i really i don't it's not one particular person that told me like hey you gotta start doing this i've heard this countless of times and stuff and i'll admit uh this is the thing about accountability and we're gonna have a conversation about accountability in a little bit because everybody's talking about Oh, what's boundaries? <laughs> what boundaries you need to set in relationships, right? Well, how the fuck can you set boundaries if you're not accountable with yourself? Like, for example, I had to take accountability for the for the fact that I let myself go, uh, just like weight wise when I was dealing with my depression stuff with Lauren. It's not an excuse. It's just I'm just saying what it was, and also the the dynamic that I never really cooked before and i had the the funds to have takeout food as much as i was doing and you know i i learned from that mistake and you know um and this is a great thing that with this process right now that i'm i'm doing what i need to do i'm i'm being consistent with it like i said i haven't drink any soda i've rarely had any takeout food most of my food has been home cooked <laughs> I, I can't thank my dd and my wella enough for what they've been doing to help me out throughout this process. And um, I've always been good about having a lot of water. I've always loved water. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when you go into projects like this, like you have to really do it. You just got to do it. You just got to do it for you. 
And that's the main reason I'm doing this. Now, two, 205 is a big goal. Now, for full disclosure, I have not yet gone on a scale. I really don't know what I currently weigh right now. And I did that for a reason because I, I really not. I, if I did look at the number, I wouldn't want it to hinder my confidence. And I just want to just start doing it. Down the road in a month or two, maybe I'll check out like where I'm at weight-wise and see how much farther I got to go. But at the end of the day, my goal is to get to 205 pounds, and I'm going to shock a lot of people. I mean, hell, right now, <laughs> as I look at myself, I don't feel like, like I'm Viscera or... <laughs> Mark Henry or anything like that. I don't think I'm that big, but I'm making progress. I'm having fun with it, and it's a fun challenge. Like to walk three miles a day, walk an hour every day. Like, let me pull up something real quick. So I have this app on my phone. It's called Steps. All right. See, this is today, July thirteenth. These are how many steps I walk today. Uh, today, I did two different reps of 30 minutes straight. So every day, I have different reps that I try to make sure I get an hour a day. But take a look here. A little closer here. This is just this week alone. I've walked 18 miles, <laughs> 6 hours, and let's see, almost 35,000 steps. And then um, this is my... This little tracker here, this, these are all the walking I've done this month. 40 miles, 76,000 steps, 14 hours, and a couple of flights. So I'm, I'm keeping track on this. It says it does a good job burning calories. I think I got a head start with uh, cutting out soda, which is going to help me out a lot. But um, anyways, <laughs> I haven't really had a chance to talk about this whole situation here. Because um, I really wasn't looking for sympathy for it. I just want to let you guys know what's going on with me. And I got a lofty goal. It's going to take a while to get there. But I'm going to get there. I'm going to shock some people. So I'm looking forward to it. And Sam, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that, Oos. Alright, uh, let's get to my questions. <laughs> let's bear down to start with. What are your thoughts on the bear in, the, that, in that fantastic show getting 13 nominations? Um, like I said, I really don't watch a lot of TV, so I, I know what the show is because I saw the schedule release uh, commercial the Bears did, which was based on that show. With anything that's related to Chicago that gets a lot of success in pub and nominations like that, I think that's pretty cool. He had a three prolonged questions that came with this show. Uh, he said, if you have been watching the Bear, how would you sell it to someone who has never seen it after two seasons? I'll just say... <laughs> I say give it a shot because I'm not really a fan of like Chicago PD or Chicago uh, Fire or stuff like that. I think those shows suck. So I I really don't I don't spend a lot of time watching it. But give it a show a shot and see what see what Chicago really is. <laughs> see the background of the city. It is a beautiful city to look at, but living in it is another story. Um. What do you think the bear does for Chicago? Does it get a lot of buzz there in radio, TV, social media, or not really because cities already know for so much else? I hear about it, but it's not really discussed that much. Like, I know it got a little buzz when the bears uh, did that uh, release spoof of their show. But outside of that, I don't, I don't see or hear a lot of people 
talk about it that much. Um, let's see what else we got here. Different kind of TV question. How long do you think the actors and writer strikes will last? What show or shows might you watch without new shows and movies coming for the next few months? Well, I am a big advocate and user of Netflix, so I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. And also, I would recommend everybody to go check out How I Met Your Father. Uh, it's the spinoff of the How I Met Your Mother series. It's very good. Um, the show is picking up momentum. You have a little little touches here of remnants of the original series, but... Uh, I think the show started to pick up momentum. They just finished their second season on uh, Tuesday. I got to watch it the other day. It was very, very good. Um, I also go out of my way to watch some old shows like uh, New Girl. I was a big fan of that show on Fox with uh, Zoe Deschanel. And uh, speaking of Chicago, uh, shout out to uh, Jake Johnson, a fellow Chicagoan who was on that show. Um, <laughs> he was the man. Anyways, um, yes, Nick Miller on New Girl. That is uh, Jake Johnson. Um, I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. Uh, this is good. This good movie called The Choice. Uh, I I I thought it was pretty good. I kind of scoffed at it first because I heard it was like a Nicholas Sparks related book or movie. Whatever. I was like, ah, some of these chick flicks here and there are hit and miss with me. <laughs> so I I gave it a shot. It's very good. If you haven't seen the movie called The Choice, I, I recommend it for you. It's really good. Also, uh, Forever My Girl is a country music-related uh, uh, movie. It's very good. You should check that out. Um, good question there, Mike. Uh, does WWE stand the game most as they negotiate TV rights considering the fact they're not un- un- unionized? <laughs> unionized. <laughs> and the show went on even during the pandemic. Um. At the end, they, it's it's about business, and WWE's business has not floundered during the pandemic. If anything, coming out of the pandemic, their business is booming. So, does Fox stand to have any ground to say why they should not renew with WWE? I don't know about that. Look at the numbers that they're drawing for SmackDown every week. Look at the buzz that they're getting for the shows. Look for the fact that they're selling out most of these TV shows that they go to, regardless of where they are in the country, uh, business is booming for the WWE. You may not be a WWE fan, but you can't say that their business is not working. (laughs) So, uh, whether they have a union or not, has nothing to do with TV contracts. At the end of the day, it's about money. And Fox cannot say that WWE has not brought money to their network or brought attention to their network because I don't know what the hell they would air that timeline on Fox on a Friday night that would draw the same stuff that SmackDown is drawing right now. And that's just a shoot. Um, all right. Two White Sox ranking questions. Where do you think, where do you rank good old Kaminsky Park among baseball scenes overall? Also, where do you rank those clean Southside City Connect jerseys compared to other teams? Um, that's a good question. I, I would say the White Sox Stadium, uh, Comiskey Park. I think for me, probably just being there and going to games is a really fun time. Um, maybe it stacks. It may not be appeasing to other people, but I think it's a beautiful ballpark. And it, you can get in and out with the, the highway there. And... Um, is in the top 10 or top five baseball scenes? Uh, probably not. Maybe in the top 15 
but I, I like I I'm a fan of Kamisi Park. No, I'm not calling it guaranteed rate field. <laughs> There's no shot of that. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, when it comes to the jerseys, I'm not really I'm not really surprised. Or I really compare it. I mean, when it, when it comes to baseball, the White Sox jerseys are just the best. <laughs> you get traditional black and gray. Um, the jerseys you just mentioned, the old school um, uh, black, red, and white jerseys are fun when they drop those on a Sunday or uh, do you have a little shade of blue of it in as well? The White Sox got the best uniforms. I mean, look at that logo over there. Look at those logos right there. Just top notch. <laughs> Top-notch, pal. Restaurant quality. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the next question here. Uh, did you watch the SBs release clips of Pat McAfee hosting last night? What would, what would you be most surprised to see Pat host? I don't know about that second question, but I did see a little bit of it. I thought he did a very good job. Um, I did like the line that he had towards uh, Skip Bayless. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, there have been some sizable tornadoes in different parts of Illinois in the past few days. Have you witnessed any crazy weather this week? No, I haven't. There's been a couple of raining situations, but luckily with where I'm in, I'm in the actual city of Chicago. I'm not in the suburbs. So my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that's dealing with the tornadoes and everything. And uh, weather in Chicago is a mystery. You don't know what's going to happen with this city. <laughs> It could be hot as balls and humidity, and then the next we get tornado warnings. So it's really up for grabs at this point. But um, I haven't seen anything too crazy. It's been a lot of rain and a lot of humidity. Uh, but, again, my thoughts and prayers go to people that have been affected through this uh, situation, and I hope it, it works out for them. Um, all right. What is one music festival you would like to attend if you had all expenses paid. I would love to see like a rock festival in uh, in the UK. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Or those uh, rock and real things in Brazil. I think that'd be fun to not only go to see that, but also be fun playing in one of those festivals. That, that would be a lot of fun for me personally as a musician. Um, what guitar cover... Would you feel most confident about to play in front of people? That's a great question. I got two of them in their recent songs. One of them is Love You Any Anyway by Luke Holmes. And the other one is Silverado for Sale by Morgan Wallen. Uh, they're two very easy songs to play on the guitar. And I can make them sound like the records. So <laughs> Love You Anyway by Luke Holmes and uh, Morgan Wallen's uh, Silverado for Sale. That's a great song, by the way. Uh, you guys have the hashtag we stinks, but also we legends in your city. What is the one Chicago sports moment you would change or take away if you could? Um, that's easy. <laughs> I, I would remove the double doink. How about that? <laughs> God damn Parky. All right. Um, <laughs> also, Brian Pace deserves a lot of fault for that because we could have kept Robbie, uh, Robbie Gold, but no, you wanted to listen to John Fox. Anyways, uh, today is 713 day. Name at their first area code in Houston history. So what is the best thing or player to come from H-Time? Uh, there's a couple. I, I say Craig Vigio, uh, Lance Berkman. Uh, remember those uh, decent, decent good teams in Houston back in the day? Um, let me see. 
Uh, of course, James Harden when he was good. Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady had a really good run there. Uh, Houston doesn't have a hockey team, right? So, um, and then, oh, Andre Johnson from the Houston Texans. Uh, I thought he was very good wide receiver. Um, trying to remember who else. Oh, JJ Watt. <laughs> that should have been my first answer. Yeah, JJ Watt. JJ Watt is definitely the best uh, sport player to come out of Houston for sure. Um, Next question here. He says, what reality show would you go on if you had a choice? Um, I would go on any of the Bella Twins reality shows so I could shoot my shot at Nikki Bella. There you go. All right. Um, Have you seen the American Gladiators documentary on Netflix yet? Did you ever watch that show or any wacky game show like Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple? No to all of those. Um, I was exposed to some stuff that I probably should have been watching for my age at the time. Maybe explains my sense of humor at times, but I watched more of Beavis and Butthead and Celebrity Deathmatch and stuff like that as opposed to the other shows. I never watched American Gladiators. I rarely ever watched Survivor. (laughs) Um, I watched more like Jackass and like Celebrity Deathmatch and stuff like that. But um, no, I have never seen American Gladiators. Um, next question. What do you think of Shawn Michaels saying that he wanted Mustafa Ali down in NXT? Should he maybe stay a while, possibly win the title for Wesley? Well, it's up to what Mustafa wants for himself. That's the thing. What does he want from himself in this whole situation? Uh, does he want to be there for a while? Is just a couple month thing, then he goes back to Raw or SmackDown. That's the liberty in this whole free agent thing that he's in right now. So I'm happy for him that uh, Ali's gained time. Um, Ali will be fighting Wesley for the North American title at Great American Bash, which is pretty cool. And um, I think he's having a good run so far. And he had a really good match with uh, Tyler Bate on uh, NXT this week. So Ali's doing some really good stuff. Uh, what do you think of Kalani's work in NXT so far? What do you think of her being featured on TV quicker than most? Um, I, I don't really have much basis to give opinion one way or another. Uh, I think she's very athletic. Um, I like what I've seen so far, but she needs more reps, and I need to see a little bit more of her before I can get on the hype train. But I like what I've seen so far. Um, by the way, give me more core Jade on my TV. <laughs> Also, who are the male and female breakout stars for NXT in the first half of the year? Someone who debuted in the past six to eight months. Well, there's a couple. I'd definitely say Tiffany Strand's on the list. Uh, Sol Ruka. Um, I believe that... I think Stax is starting to pick up some momentum with him and Tony D. Um, uh... I can't say Dragon Lee because I already know who he was before he came to WWE. Um, what about what about Eddie Thorpe? Not that that same same thing applied with him too because I saw him in New Japan. Um, I I'd probably say Tiffany Stratton, and then for the males, probably like Noam Dar or something like that. Um, what do you think of Grayson Waller and his mic presence so far? Can we call him Legend Griller for putting established guys on the spot? 
I, I'm I'm a fan of what Grayson Waller is doing right now. He's making the most of his TV time. Uh, I think his mic skills are really good, and uh, I know a lot of people are like, why is he just only doing the TV show? The guy was coming off an injury. Let's 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 cool it down a bit. All right. <laughs> Who finally beats Austin Theory for the U.S. title and when? Um, at this point, I think it'll probably be L.A. Knight at SummerSlam because, God forbid, L.A. Knight can't go without his wrestling career in WWE without having a fucking prop attached to it. So, as a consolation prize, consolation prize to the sissy wrestling fans out there that are upset that he didn't win the money to bank contract, he will defeat Austin Theory at SummerSlam. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, what is an event or match type that you would like to see WWE bring back? Uh, well, the match I would like to see come back is a good old-fashioned buried alive match. <laughs> That's what I want. A good old-fashioned buried alive. <laughs> uh, as far as events, like, I mean... I, I don't I don't lore as much for the attitude era as much as people do these days. Like I I lived through it. I started watching wrestling through the attitude era. I love it as much as everybody else, but I don't like I don't I don't, I don't know how the best way to describe it. It's like I don't drool over nostalgia. Like I don't like cling and beg for the attitude era to come back. I'm just not that wrestling fan, so <laughs> um who is the best WWE alum in AEW? Uh, Soraya. Uh, just for Waterfall alone. But if you want a, a more accurate uh, depiction, I'd probably say um, Renee Paquette. Because um, there's a lot of amateurs when it comes to the on-air personalities in AEW. And she's top tier. Uh, finally, thoughts on Trinity and Diana in this impact feud, who comes out on top and takes the title? I can't decide who I want to win in my prediction of who will win. Thank you for responses and making this show a worthy escape from reality each week. I appreciate you, my brother, for saying that. Um, I, I think for me, I think it's a good feud. I think it's pretty predictable that Trinity will take the title off of Deanna Perazzo. I think that's just the nature of impact. Uh, impact really likes to capitalize on people who leave wwe who don't go to AEW, so like if somebody gets released or leaves wwe and they don't um <laughs> they don't get hired by AEW, impact just rushes towards them and gives them a main event push i love trinity don't get me wrong i think she's a fantastic wrestler but <laughs> man like oh come to impact we'll make you uh, get main event spots main event booking all this stuff <laughs> Just because you quit your job because you didn't want to put Ronda Rousey over on a pay-per-view. Like, get over yourself. Um, on that note, <laughs> that concludes our Back Porch Q&A session for today. I want to thank uh, Chris, Mike, and um, Sam for the questions this week. You guys killed it as always. I want to say as always, if you want to participate in the Back Porch uh, Q&A session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. All right. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because really we got more pertinent stuff to to, uh, to cover here on the show than just um, life nonsense and stuff like that. This is all I'm going to say about this. The title of this week's episode is called Boundaries, and we're going to have a conversation about this. So mind me as I go on this rant a little bit. 
So last week, if you heard the clown of the week, I gave it to the guy that was losing his mind and going all over social media, acting like a simp over the fact that his girlfriend, Kiki Palmer, was not flirting, but, you know, she had a good time at the Usher concert, right? And he was upset by what she was wearing and stuff like that. And this got this was a big debate about boundaries or what's acceptable for a partner in a relationship and stuff like that, right? And then we get the stuff with Jonah Hill where somebody took a screenshot uh, of his list of rules to go by if you're going to be in a relationship with him. And boundaries. And boundaries is a slippery slope because I think when, I think right now, especially in 2023, with how we came to find what a real relationship is in 2023, I don't know how you can really go about saying, okay, this is my boundaries. This is what you can or cannot do. Like I said earlier, how the hell do you sit out there with your chest out saying that, um, Talking about boundaries, this, yada, yada, yada. How, okay, how can a person set boundaries when that person setting the boundaries has no self-respect or any self-awareness? That's my question to you. In a romantic setting, friendship-wise, or just life in general, how can you tell anybody about what your boundaries are or what you're willing or not willing to accept in a relationship if you yourself don't have any accountability or any self-awareness or self-respect. Every day, I go on social media. I see friends. I see friends of my family on Facebook. I see stuff on Instagram. God, God forbid you can't go a day on YouTube without seeing some life advice about relationships and people who do uh, YouTube shorts about it, right? By the way, shout out to Billy Ray Brandt. That chick is fucking hot. Um, but <laughs> anyways, so the the question comes, what is boundaries and what's acceptable for other people? I'm going to give, I'm going to throw out this example here, right? Let's say that you're in the friend zone, right? Let's say you uh, got rejected by a chick. It hurts you. You got to go through a healing process. You got to still try to regather yourself from a pride point of view. And it's a tough situation, right? Let's, let's talk about my, my thing with Lauren, right? When I, when everything that went down there, right? So my way of life is going by, I reciprocate the same energy you give me. And I go within, I go about my words and my actions and more times than not to a fault. I'm, just blunt and I really don't have time for nonsense and bullshit so okay I get rejected and my heart broken okay it is what it is right two months later I get messages I get links to YouTube I get YouTube links to romantic songs and then I get messages along the way that's talking about this basically more or less guilt tripping me by saying that I'm not a good friend because I don't reach out to you after you broke my heart. Now here was here's where boundaries start with me, right? I'm a good person. I give people chances. 
I, I consider myself a good friend to other people. I don't really sugarcoat things with other people. If I have something to say, I'll say it to somebody. Like, I'm very loyal, and I'm there. I, I think one of my best abilities is, like, listening to people and giving them advice and helping them out with their situations. And here's the thing. <laughs> like, I helped this girl out with so much with her life and her own personal demons and stuff like that. And here's where boundaries start with me. One, you don't tell me when or where or how I go about my healing process. Two, you don't tell me or try to guilt trip me of I'm being a shitty friend because I'm trying to heal for the fact that you rejected me over a guy that's eight years older than you who will never propose to you. You'll guilt trip you and try to say the nicest things and be a sin for you for God knows how long. Regardless how long you two have been friends, you're still trying to convince yourself that this guy is going to propose to you. It's just not going to happen. You come to me crying on your phone, expressing your anger, saying that <laughs> this guy doesn't get it. I give him uh, all the hints in the world that I want to be married and start a family with this dude. You're telling me this after you rejected me for the guy, and you're I, like, what? Do you, what are you expecting me to say, right? And we go through these periods where I don't, I don't say anything, because really, at the end of the day, when it comes to her, I don't have anything to say. Do I still love her? Yes, I will always have love for her. Do I? Um, Think that she has a good heart? Yes. Do I think she has a good soul? Yes. But when it comes to boundaries, really, it comes and ends with respect. I, through this process and during this time period since everything went down with Lauren, I've grown to lost a lot of respect for her as a human being. And that's just a shoot. How the fuck are you going to guilt trip somebody? into being your friend after you break their heart and I'm the bad person because I don't want to reach out to you because I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> One, I'm not somebody's emotional fluffer. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm the boyfriend with no benefits. One, I don't have the time for that, especially right now where I'm focusing on me and bettering my whole situation. Uh, we just went about this. I talked about everything that's going on with my life right now. I'm not in the position right now, nor do I care to hear about your situation with Manny. You got, again, mind you, the guy is eight years older than her. <laughs> Still, like, this is full disclosure. The dude's 42. The, the chick here is like in, now her in her mid-30s, right? And more parts of you. That's the guy you want to be with? Try to convince yourself that's going to happen, right? But why the fuck are you coming to me <laughs> to, uh, trying to get my advice when literally the next day you're going to go hang out with the guy? And then you call me again to tell me why you're upset with the guy. And then tell me that you had sex with the dude later on. This happened about a couple of months ago, right? <laughs> Like, she told me this whole situation, right? And she told me about it, and then she finished, she finished talking, and this is what happened. I hanged up the phone right up, 
right after that. I don't care. <laughs> when it gets to the point of losing respect or having no self-respect along the way, this is where boundaries start with me. It's one thing to reject me. Okay, I'm a grown-ass man. I could live with the situation, move on. I will admit that I probably will never be fully 100% healed from that situation because that's how much in love I was with this chick. But also at the same time, I got a life to live. I got stuff to do. I got more shit to be focused on, which is why really right now in my life, relationships and dating is not a priority for me. It's not something I think about when I wake up. If anything, right now for me, it's just sex. <laughs> and I'm just being 100% honest. If I have sex with somebody, cool. If I'm in a relationship with somebody, if I go on a date here and there with somebody, cool. Am I going out of am I going out my way looking for that? No. I just don't have the time or energy or want to do that. Because right now I'm focusing on me. How can I expect somebody to love me and all this shit if I don't love myself? I have to be the best version of me. And I'm not right now. I got a lot of stuff that I need to work on. <laughs> And I'm doing that. I'm, I'm taking the precautions to do that. And really, my validation is not predicated or not if I'm having sex with women every other day or I'm in a relationship or I'm having a family or blah, blah. That time will come when the time is supposed to come. Like, I'm not, that's it's just not a priority for me at this part, in this part of my life. Because right now, I'm focusing on getting my job back getting this project done with all of this <laughs> and making sure this show successful. That's my priorities. I want to get my job back so I can pay off what I need to pay off here and have my money to side work and finally move to Florida and start this next chapter in my life, which I've been trying to do for these last two to three years, you know, life, she's in a lot of different directions but really it goes back to the root of this conversation boundaries how can you set boundaries with somebody if you don't have any self-respect or self-awareness <laughs> how the hell are you gonna tell somebody to do something in a relationship if you are not willing to do it within yourself that's my question let me take a second here Again, I will always have love for Lauren, but when it gets to that point where you just cross the line and you're disrespectful and throwing stuff back into my face because I don't want to have a conversation with you, I don't want to have small talk with people you're having sex with, or the fact that you still are not doing what you need to do to move out of your own parents' house, <laughs> like, I... Really, at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't have no respect for me, why should I respect you? This is where the boundaries start for me. I'm really big about respect. I'm, I'm, a, really, I'm a very good person. I'm a good listener. I can give out advice. I generally care about people. I'm not, I don't think I look down on people. Uh, I really try to bring out the best side of people I know in my life. But at the same time, man, like if you're going to disrespect me, and act like I'm just going to put everything to the side just to cater to you and you trying to convince me 
that a guy that eight that's eight again eight years older than you is gonna get on his knees to propose to you and it still hasn't happened <laughs> for the, the amount of time that I've known you and the fact that he pushed me to the side for this guy you gotta live with that decision that's not my problem anymore it's not it's not my responsibility for him to get on his knees and propose to you one I don't care whether or not it happens or not and two I got more important shit to worry about so that so that's where boundaries start with me now when it comes to like what women wear all this extra stuff that people have been talking about on social media I'm like <laughs> again it, it goes back with these double standards right don't get mad at me for saying the chick is hot in a movie right or watching the TV show and then it's, 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 it's kind of the same thing like the whole Magic Mike thing, right? The Magic Mike movies. I know there's a lot of people that get upset when their specific partner go out to see the Magic Mike movies or et cetera, et cetera. You get, you get what I'm saying. There's a double standard there. Okay, I can't compliment a girl, but you're going to drool and do what you need to do over a Magic Mike movie. Like, you got to pick and choose, man. <laughs> Anyways, really, the point I'm trying to say here is that you cannot set boundaries with people if you're not willing to have any self-respect or self-awareness. At what point do you start compromising your pride and integrity just over the fact that you're trying to keep hold the keep hold to a friendship or a relationship that will never happen or a relationship that's bad for you or whatever the situation is? You can't talk about having boundaries if you don't have any accountability or self-respect or self-awareness. So that's really what I wanted to talk about with that. All that being said, (laughs) it's time to move on. It's time to talk about what happened this week in WWE right here on the Hoots Podcast. Let's talk about what happened this week in WWE. This is going to be a short segment because uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to. I want to get to uh, what the hell is wrong with AW as well. So I don't want to keep you guys here for too long. Uh, but we do have some fun stuff to talk about here this week in WWE. And before we get into the tribal court of Roman Reigns, I do want to talk about some other stuff that happened on SmackDown. I've been seeing this thing on Twitter on, uh, over the last couple days that, oh, nothing happened on SmackDown besides the tribal court. And, oh, the... The, the, the bloodline is getting too much TV time in that nothing else in the show uh, at Masters Garden mattered besides the bloodline. And I think that's just a bunch of cap. So we're going to sit here and said that Austin Theory and Sheamus did not have a good United States Championship match because Theory won by a, a, a heel style roll up. 
or we just gonna forget over the fact that Edge put over Grayson Waller, put over Grayson Waller uh, in front of the Madison Square Garden crowd, even though he beat him in the match. Or we just gonna forget that that happened. That didn't happen at all because all oh, the bloodline took away from everybody else on the show. Let, let's apply some context here. We're coming off the heels of Roman Reigns losing his first match in three years, getting pinned for the first time in three and a half years. It's the fallout coming out of the pay-per-view. You don't think that the line were not going to get a lot of time to hash out their story with what was going on here? Yeah, I get it. The Tribal Court had a lot of time on Raw 32, but guess what? Raw three hours, they were able to benefit with that situation. But even then... It's the best story in professional wrestling. So, <laughs> I don't care if they had a full hour dedicated to the bloodline on SmackDown. Look at the numbers. You're going to tell me it, what, it didn't work? Was this, But also throughout the notion that nothing else on SmackDown didn't happen because the bloodline took so much time on TV. I think it's a bunch of cap, to be honest with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit some stuff that happened on Raw. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why is WWE teasing to break up all these factions? First off, with Imperium, Gunther has always displayed tough love towards his people in his group. How many times did we see Gunther chop uh, Ludwig Kaiser in the chest when uh, they first showed up on SmackDown? He has tough love. That's his leadership. <laughs> the mat is sacred. There's no room for weak links. No, Giovanni Vinci is not going to get kicked out of Imperium. No, I do not think Imperium is disbanding anytime soon. And this is the charm of good television. And whether or not the Judgment Day will split up, that remains to be seen. But another good, good sign of good TV, having threads on the show. So last week, we had detentions going on with Damian Priest and Finn Balor. This week... Rhea gets up in Damien's face and says, you two need to stop acting like kids and get uh, focused. This week now, everything's all hunky-dory. And (laughs) guess what, everybody? We have uh, the Judgment Day all back together, and they're all in good spirits. They defeat Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn in the main event on Raw. And they also beat uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in a very good match on NXT the following night. I know this uh, week has been a big conversation because Triple H is celebrating one year of taking over the creative responsibility in WWE. If you're going to give Triple H any credit for what's been going on for this past year of programming collectively, it has to start with the Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day is one of the best uh, groups in the entire professional wrestling landscape. And I'm so happy for their success. And they've done a lot of good stuff. And this has been going on for more than a year now. And uh, Triple H deserves a lot of credit for that. And, you know, things are tense right now. Priest won the money to make contract. Finn Balor is still obsessed with Seth Rollins. So things are up in the air. There's a conflict of interest, if you will. <laughs> and things are... Uh, Getting very interesting now, the Judgment Day. What will happen at SummerSlam? Uh, we know Rhea Ripley uh, may be in a collision course with uh, Raquel Rodriguez. By the way, talk about maximizing your TV time. Shout out to Chelsea Green. 
that whole two, that whole thing. Um, uh, one, uh, strike, strike three. Hold up. What did she say? She said, "Strike out, you're out." Basketball. <laughs> no, oh no, there's three strikes, you're out. Basketball. <laughs> oh my god, when she said that, I was crying, laughing. She she is a national treasure of comedy. Uh, she is fantastic. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out. Basketball. <laughs> she was so confident, too. Like, I, I didn't know how Liv Morgan did not break <laughs> character and just started laughing. Like, that That chick is wild, man. Um, I want to give a shout-out to The Miz and Tommaso Ciampa. Speaking of The Miz, The Miz made a couple appearances on uh, – uh, not a couple appearances. He had uh, – he was recently a guest on Busted Open Today, actually. I wanted to share a couple of clips with you guys. Uh, for Miz's appearance on Busted Open and hear from the man himself and see where his mindset is right now in his career. This is some good stuff here from Miz on Busted Open. By the way, Busted Open should be live 24-7 and having their own channel. So here, here is the Miz on Busted Open today. What has kept you so motivated? Sometimes you're not going to have the the main event storyline, and it's your job as a WWE superstar that if you get one minute on Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, you better make it a meme-worthy, talked-about-worthy minute. And I tell this to all the younger guys who are like, yeah, but they're not, you know, my storyline isn't here. I don't have a storyline. Yeah, but do you have time on the show? If you have time on the show, you have an ability to connect with an audience. And it sucks because one minute sometimes isn't enough time, but you have to figure it out. You have to, or you're not going to make it as as a main event. And by the way, once you start doing those one minutes where you start making meme-worthy, talk-about-worthy, then it comes two minutes. Then it becomes three minutes. Then you get that main event storyline, and guess what? Then when that main event storyline goes away, you're still able to keep yourself in that level. And that's what I've been able to do. I didn't real, I didn't do that the first time I had the WWE Championship ten, uh, 12 years ago. When I had the WWE Championship, I, was in, I had the main event caliber. I was like, oh, I was in every main event. But once I lost that title, I lost that main event storyline, I couldn't figure out how to get myself back into it until I would say maybe five years later. And that's when it, something clicked in me. And I was like, this is how I do it. This is how I build myself. Whenever I'm not in the main event caliber stuff, this is how I insert myself into something that is relevant, that means something. All right. So that's the first clip there for Miz. Let's uh, check out the uh, second one right here. Just give me one second. Uh, got it right here. Boom. Is there a time when you think that you might start to slow down? Whenever my body tells me I need to start slowing down, but right now I feel like I'm still in my prime. I feel like I'm putting together matches that are main event caliber. I feel like I'm bringing out new things, things that people haven't seen before. Um, I feel like the youth movement in WWE, the younger crowd that's coming in is is revitalizing me and uh, making me want to be faster, be better, do better. And I think the product right now is at its highest. I mean, you look at... The, the crowds, I mean, we're sold out everywhere. And so it's been incredible. I think Cody Rhodes has been, you know, doing incredible job. Roman Reigns, his storyline with the bloodline has been impeccable. Uh, Seth Rollins, every time he walks out, the fans are singing his to his praise. Dominic Mysterio, who maybe two years ago, 
you people were thinking, ah, he's not going to get it. We're not sure. Now he is the most overheel in professional wrestling, and it is fun to watch. He can't even get a word out. That's how much heat he has. It motivates me, and no, I'm not slowing down. Shout out to the Miz on uh, Busted Open. By the way, like I said, um, Busted Open deserves to have their own channel. Uh, it's long overdue. Uh, the Walking Talking Zombies. <laughs> um, uh, the Walking Talking Zombies. Uh, they uh, <laughs> the corporate suits and uh, Sirius XM need to get their ish together. If you know what I mean. That uh, that show deserves its own channel. Why not have the, the own like having your own like pro wrestling channel on Sirius XM? That'd be awesome, right? Uh, that's just my opinion. Anyways, let's uh let's let's talk a little bit here about Cody Rhodes here. I think now's the time where Paul Heyman comes in and has another promo segment with uh Cody Rhodes. Why do I say that? I know things are getting murky wires now with the tribal chief and Jay Uso, but also we have what's gonna be the rubber match now with uh Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Something's gotta give here. And, you know, Cody cut the promo on Raw this Monday where he said that, that, hey, uh, you know, you're going to have, um, <laughs> uh, give me one second here. Hey, I want to be the next in line, right? After I'm done with Brock Lesnar, I'm going to be the next in line. I think now is the time to have Paul Heyman be there and just play mind games with Cody Rhodes. Oh, really? I, now you think you're you're gonna be in line? You think that Brock? You're just gonna run through Brock Lesnar like that? You just think that's you're gonna put away the the beast incarnate? You're just gonna run through him like nothing? I I really think it's time now for Paul Heyman to get back in interacting with Cody Rhodes. That's not to say that oh the next following month that uh, Roman will fight Cody at the pay per view, but also. Have that interaction going on with Heyman and Cody throughout the year so you're not forgetting the fact that Cody's main target is to defeat and dethrone the Tribal Chief for the uh, Universal Championship. That's just my opinion. Uh, I think it would be a nice feature. One way or another, I would like to see maybe I could sit down and interview with Cody Rose where he could talk about what's going on here or with Brock Lesnar to hear what he's had to say because er the entire time these guys have been feud with each other, I don't think Brock has cut like one promo on the whole situation. It's just been brawls, on-site brawls, <laughs> backstage brawls. Uh, so I know Brock Lesnar will be at Raw next Monday in Atlanta. Raw's in Atlanta next Monday. So here's your spoiler alert. Cody Rhodes is getting his ass kicked on Raw next week. Okay? Cody Rhodes is getting got <laughs> on Raw next week. And it's going to be an interesting sight. Raw's in Atlanta. Atlanta is where Cody lives now. Big, big uh, roads area. Uh, shout out to Dusty. Um, I really think it is time to bring Paul Heyman to have a conversation with Cody Rhodes. Because it goes back to that whole story about after WrestleMania, Jay and Jimmy are going to leave you. Solo will leave you. And the, the the wise man will go back to being an advocate. So you you can address that 
um, that point in the story adds more heat to the Brock and Cody match. And I don't know yet what stipulation will be added. I think at the end of the day, it'll probably be some type of street fight more than anything, like a Motor City street fight between the two guys. I don't I don't think we're going to see an I quit match. I don't think you're going to do last main stand because Brock was already in, one, in last year's SummerSlam. So, um, I, I just think it would be a good idea to have the wise man uh, confront Cody Rhodes. It doesn't have to be this week, but before SummerSlam, I think it would be a cool idea to just remind the audience that, hey, Cody did not forget about Roman Reigns. And that Paul Heyman did not forget about Cody Rhodes. I, I get it, the tribal chief has his business on SmackDown, but the wise man has to really survey everything that's going on in WWE. So I think that would really would work out. That's just my opinion. Um, let's talk about the tribal court of Roman Reigns. What did I say last week? Roman Reigns, once again, <laughs> put on a performance of the cinch in Madison Square Garden. And <laughs> I could come on here every week and talk about how good this guy is. Whether you want to choose to acknowledge him or not, that's on you. Roman Reigns is the man. Yes, nobody believed that he was going to give up everything up to Jay Uso. But listen to how he carries his promos. Look at what he was saying to Jimmy and Jay beforehand. Oh, you really think that you were going to be the tribal chief? <laughs> nobody knows the burn that he's going through. And I, I just knew. Yeah, it was kind of predictable that he would have the beatdown brawl. But... Everything that went into it, just the crying on command, the facial expressions, the 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 gaslighting, the manipulation, everything that comes with what the travel chief is right now in his character. This was a segment that you would see in the Thunderdome era. And it's so so many callbacks to when this feud originally started with Roman and Jay. And the fact that they're doing it live in front of the audience with a fickle audience that doesn't know what they want half the time. Roman Reigns had an entire Madison Square Garden and everybody watching at home at the palm of his hands. Think about that. We could talk about work rate. We could talk about same Formula Lake matches, blah, 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 blah. Roman Reigns is the best performer in professional wrestling today. The numbers show it. The merchandise shows it. And what he does on TV when he's there shows it. I don't have enough good words to describe how good that travel court segment was. Not only that, how the show went off the air with Jay giving Solo the beats. And I don't think uh, I don't think the travel chief will be on SmackDown this week because SmackDown's in uh, Riley, North Carolina, I believe. Um. Roman Reigns will be at the SmackDown in Orlando uh, the following week. So this week will be probably more mind games with Paul Heyman. Maybe Solo goes after Jay. We'll have to see how that plays out tomorrow night. But um, 
I, I don't have enough good words to describe how good that segment was with the tribal court of Roman Reigns. The guy, he's he's in his bag. I know that's a cliche term these days by kids my age, but it's true, man. The guy's in his bag. He's good. <laughs> he's good, man. Um, I, sooner or later, you're going to see this guy in the big screen uh, whenever this uh, strike ends, I guess, with the uh, Riders Association. But all in all, that's the stuff I really wanted to talk about with this week in WWE. Uh, really quick, coming up on Saturday, I believe, it should be Saturday, uh, yes, on Saturday from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, will be uh, Slammiversary, 21st anniversary of Slammiversary, and here's the matchups on that card coming up on Saturday from Windsor, Ontario, uh, Canada. Here are the two matches uh, for the pre-show. We have uh, Joe Henry uh, putting his Impact Digital Media title on the line against Kenny King. We got Jody Threat and the Death Dolls taking on Giselle, Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Jay Vidal. Uh, in the main card, we have a Ultimate X match uh, to determine the number one contender for the X Division title. It's Jonathan Gresham against Mike Bailey, Kevin Knight, uh, Allen Angels and Kushida. We have the covenant of uh, Taylor Wilde and Kylan King putting their Impact Knockouts uh, World Tag Team titles on the line against Killer Kelly, Mama Mia, and Masha Slamovich. Uh, we have Eddie Edwards against Frankie Kazarian. Uh, we have Alicia Edwards and Tracy Brooks at ringside, so that should be very interesting. Uh, we got Ace Austin and Chris Bay putting their Impact World Tag Team titles on the line against Brian Myers and Moose. Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan and Subculture. That four-way match is going to be a barn burner. Uh, speaking of barn burners, we have Chris Saban putting the X Division title on the line against Leo Rush. Uh, we have Bully Ray and Cody Diener uh, taking on Scott Demore and a person to be announced later in a tag team match. I I think that'll probably be Tommy Dreamer if it has to be my guess. Um, uh, we have Deanna Perrazzo against Trinity for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. And then Alex Shelley will put the Impact World title on the line against Nick Aldis. So, uh, Slammiversary is a pretty uh, pretty decent card, card coming up on Saturday. It should be on Fight TV, anywhere you get your pay-per-views. And uh, it should be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. So, with that all being said, go check out Impact. And don't forget, coming up on Saturday... I begin my coverage of the G1 Climax uh, tournament for uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Man, I'm so excited to get back to doing my transcripts. <laughs> On that note, it's time for the main event. It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. And if you're easily offended, that's a you problem, not a me problem. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of what the hell is wrong with AEW? Let's start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat, beat, your meat, beat, beat, your meat. I'm telling you, my time. Right now, right this minute, 2022, we're living in my time is now. My time is right, goddamn now. 
The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks, and I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Beat your... (laughs) Alright guys, welcome back. This is What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. I can say everything, but that's not necessarily the case now. Um, yes, welcome back to the program here. Uh, time for a main event segment, man, with some main event action. I don't know if we got that on Dynamite, but we certainly still got it on Collision this week. Uh, let me start off with this. Um, I am a big advocate for Collision. If you have to ask me in pity, my favorite thing that AW produces each week, it definitely is Collision without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I like what they do. I'm a fan of the flow of the show. Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis deserve a lot of props. I think they're a dynamic duo. A lot of people have asked me over the years, like, hey, Josh, what would be, like, your dream commentary commentary team? It, it's what we're getting right now. It's Saturday night. So that helps. It, it definitely helps a lot that Kevin and Nigel are the broadcasting for, uh, for Collision. But I just think the flow and the presentation of Collision right now is just really – really good and i think that uh collision deserves a lot of props i i enjoyed the show so far i was at the first collision at the united center and for what i've seen so far this past month or so i really have no qualms or gripes about it to be honest with you which is really shocking come for me because you know me the biggest AEW hater on god's green earth right <laughs> but um honestly i really enjoyed what I've seen so far from uh, this <laughs> uh, this uh, this series the series of shows it's been a lot of fun to watch and partake in over the last couple of weeks and uh, last week's episode of Collision was no different. You had uh, Bullet Club Gold in their uh, AW World Title Eliminator match. Please stop doing Eliminator matches and Eliminator tournaments while we're at it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I, I thought that match was really good. Now, they benefit for the fact that um, Willow Nightingale Athena was originally announced for the show, but it had to end due to an injury that Willow suffered. So they decided, like, hey, guess what? We'll do, um, we'll give the Bullet Club Gold and FTR match more time. And it ended up being one of the best um, TV matches I've seen so far this year. Very good. Very physical. I made no bones about it that I think that the concept of having Bullet Club Gold in AEW is really corny and lame as shit. Um, <laughs> there's so many like things regarding with that that just hasn't been addressed in so many plot holes and continuity. It's just like, okay, so Jay White shows up in AEW because the hiring freeze in WWE. And then guess what? <laughs> not, not 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 only that, he decides to start up this Bullet Club Gold. So no interactions with the Young Bucks, no interactions with Adam Cole, 
uh, what happened to the undisputed elite? I guess that's not a thing anymore. Uh, no interaction. Like I said, no, nothing with JY with the Young Bucks. Nothing with JY with the Kenny Olivier. Uh, how many more subgroups do we need with Bullet Club? But anyways, I don't want to take that away from Jay and Juice because they had a very good match and they deserve a lot of praise. It was a very good match. Uh, you know, Scorpio Sky was on the show. Nice to see him back on TV. Miro's doing some good stuff. Um, looks like we're going to get some type of mass versus mass match with uh, Malachi Black and Andrade, which will be very good. Those two guys have always had very good matches going back to their time in NXT. So I think that Collision's doing some, a lot of good stuff. I mean, uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hop was a very good match. Despite all the interference and nonsense that was going on with QT Marshall, please get please Tony Khan if you're listening or watching this, please stop with the QTV bullshit. It sucks. I I don't care to hear Harley Cameron sing. The fact that you need to bring Johnny John Morrison into this is so ridiculous and low for even his quality of work. Uh, it's just nonsense. Like, that match was starting to be good, but God, we always need a faction. We need managers at ringside for every single AEW match. It's so ridiculous, man. Then we had CM Punk and Samoa Joe in Saskatchewan, the main event. Very good match. Punk won with a roll-up. Um, I figured that was going to be the case. Probably, you didn't want a clean finish either way where it made one guy look bad in the losing end of the situation, so... Okay, City Punk's first victory over Samoa Joe in 18 years is a roll-up. It's a wrestling move, so I'm not really going to gripe about it. After the match, Samoa Joe puts him in Coquina Clutch. We we now know that coming up on Saturday, it'll be CM Punk against Ricky Starks uh, for the finals for the Owen Hart Men's Memorial Cup Tournament, or as referee Tony would like to say, the Owen um, <laughs> but um, I I've liked Collision so far. It's been a fun watch. I like what I see, and it's a fun show to watch. Now, when it comes to AW Dynamite, that's another story, and a main reason for that really has to do with just the brutal, and I mean brutal, officiating that we see on that show. So, with that being said, and this being episode three hundred sixty nine. If if you know what I mean, if you know, you know that's the that's the saying here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, here you go. I have a throwback clip here on Throwback Thursday. Something I made last year called the Wrestling Playbook. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was something I created. It was a lot of fun, and I think you guys will get a kick out of it. Okay, so let's check this out. This is the Wrestling Playbook by yours truly. Let's have some fun with this Wrestling Playbook. The Wrestling Playbook by Josh Lopez, Pat and Penning. Plan number one, the Seth Freaking Rollins. To perform the Seth Freaking Rollins, you must do three things. Get yourself a trench coat for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie collection. Step number two, show the waterfall of your interest, your vision of your pending future together as a couple. Step number three, once the waterfall is procured, do your signature Seth Rollins cackle. Play number two, the Mr. Mayhem. The Mr. Mayhem is pretty simple. When you know the waterfall of your interest is checking you out, all you have to do is ward her, wait for it, low. Podcast 5 for that one, boys. Play number 3, the Aubrey Edwards. 
To perform the Aubrey Edwards, you must obtain VR goggles or headgear that will hinder your vision. The objective of this game is simple. Score waterfall while pretending to be blind. Play number four. The car is subject to change. This is a play of the remix of the popular play, The He Is Not Coming. Just like He's Not Coming, your boyfriend or girlfriend, depending on your interests, uh, we're all fair game here on the Hoops Podcast, uh, that person may not be booked on the, your program. That person may not be showing up to your date. That person may not be showing up to your family gathering. That guy might not be showing up to anything that you guys have planned before because, as we all know, in wrestling, the card is subject to change and he wasn't booked. I'm sorry, man. Point number five, the Josue Von Massa's Meek No! <laughs> Inspired by the popular Lorenzo Von Matterhorn, you'll be the long-distant nephew of Vince Meek from Puerto Rico and heir to the WWE throne. Your waterfall of interest will type in Josue Von Massa's Meek and click on to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com and the rest is history. The last and most important play, number six, a hoop with a two. With it being Royal Rumble weekend, go to the local Toronto Bar Hut or wherever they call it in that third world nation. See, see a Pier 6 brawl with a collection of beautiful Canadian ladies. The winner of that brawl will most likely be the Tim Horror Waterfall for that trip. Hopefully one of those ladies is Alicia Atoot because it wouldn't be a hoop without Atoot. Pat and pending. All right. <laughs> oh man, some good memories here. <laughs> I I wanted to play the wrestling pl- playbook today because Aubrey Edwards, you are the shit. <laughs> so the show started off with Chris Jericho and uh, Commander. Um, wasn't crazy about that match one way or another. Um, it was okay. It was the end of the world, but. God, she's just such a brutal referee, man. And it goes with just everything that goes wrong with Dynamite. I just spent, like, the last five minutes talking about how good Collision is as a show. Then we go to Dynamite, and it goes back to what we say on this show every single week. It's just a mud show fest of nonsense, shooting your load, doing stuff that's just not necessary. Let's talk about this. MJF and Adam Cole. Bromance. Everybody loves it. I don't. And I'm just speaking for me. If you're marking off for this more power to you, I'm not judging you. Here's the deal for me. Besides Brian Danielson, can you tell me the last time MJF was really serious about his feuds or the world championship? Don't tell me the four pillars because really, really what it was, that whole four pillars thing was nothing more but a dick measuring contest between four elite. Four elongated egos in the AW locker room. That's basically what that feud was. Can you tell me the last personal garage feud or serious feud that had to do with the world championship? And this is this is really not an issue towards Max because again, MGF is outside of CM Punk is my favorite wrestler in AW. I think he can do no wrong. But this is where you have the boys in the um, the boys in the creative room, the boys in the boardroom, the boys 
this, the boys that like this is where this whole stuff of Adam Cole and MJF has Chris Jericho written all over it. And it's not good. Like not only the fact that you're making the mockery of the title situation you got and openly admitting that you need to fill time until we get to August 27, which is probably going to be the time when these two have the rematch with each other for the world championship. And we all know one way or another, these two are going to turn on each other. But again, it's just openly admitting that you're wasting about three weeks, nine through almost a month of programming to try to convince that these two, trying to convince us that these guys are going to be suddenly best friends as a way for Cole to get another title shot. Really? That's really not redeeming from a baby face, I guess. Um, and then you have the match with Brian Cage and Big Bill. And nobody does a better job than making the big guy wrestlers look like shit more than AEW. So not only do you have the comedy nonsense with Adam Cole and uh, MJF, everything now is a big pop. It's the greatest thing ever. I saw somebody say that this is the greatest storyline ever, and that just shows you the bar of what's acceptable these days for wrestling fans. And, okay, I can understand popping for pockets doing stuff like that, and I'm not the biggest Orange Cassidy fan in the world, but... I can understand if he's getting a pop by, you know, body slamming Brian Cage or somebody like that. But yeah, two big guys in a comedy related squash match, if you will. I don't get it. I don't get it. There's no part of me that wants to see MGF and Adam Cole get the world's heavy titles. Uh, I think that this blind eliminator tournament is just unnecessary when you already have two tournaments going on at the first place. And here's the thing, man. Coming up on Saturday is the start of the G1. Tony Khan, take notes on how a real tournament is supposed to go in professional wrestling, okay? Uh, at this, I, I, you can call me old school traditionalist, get off my lawn or whatever, but I would would really appreciate a guy who's almost coming up towards the end of his contract the whole Mr. Uh, the Benny War 2024 to have some more serious views for the world championship and not relying on comedy and bullshit just to get to the matches. But that's just me. Also, I got a question for you guys. Do you guys genuinely care whether or not Don Callis and Chris Jericho get back together as friends or a new faction? Why is it that everything with Chris Jericho and AEW has to be in a faction? The guy calls himself uh, the goat, uh, a living a living god in wrestling. He can't he can't go through to navigate the waters of AEW by himself. By the way, what a, an admission of of a bad faction, <laughs> with the fact that they just <laughs> had Jake Hager with his stupid purple hat out there. Talking about, oh, I can't, this can't be the end yet of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Is this really the best way you could go about ending that terrible faction? I guess. I don't know. They announced that Ibushi and uh, Pac were the fifth members for the uh, Blood and Guts match next week. And I have a couple thoughts. Um, I think Pac is a good fit with the Blackpool Cuckold Club. 
I do think it's funny that John Moxley's now turned into Don Callis' bitch, but that's neither here nor there. But when it comes to Kota Ibushi, I don't know a lot of people are saying not a lot of casual fans don't know who Kota Ibushi is, and they have a point there. Not only that, there's a bigger issue with this. Kota Ibushi has not done anything of relevance in professional wrestling in, no, in almost two and a half years. Now, I know he was suffering with a long injury that I was dealing with with the douche man uh, following his uh, uh, G1 where he lost in the finals to Okada with that serious injury. But also, there was behind-the-scenes drama. We haven't heard much from Ibushi along the way. I think he did like some blood sport appearances here and there, but... Really, what what thing of substance has Ibushi done in pro wrestling since that G1 match with Okada? And you're, you're hearing this from a guy who covers all wrestling. <laughs> like, I'm in tune with everything that's going on with the industry right now. So, okay. The Golden Lovers. Woohoo! The Golden Elite. Woohoo! I, I'm a fan of Kota Ibushi. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, man, <laughs> you would think that the fucking Pope is coming to uh, Boston next week by the reaction on Twitter over this guy showing up in this match. Like, okay, this great guy that's new for his technical wrestling and his uh, strong style. Now it's going to participate in a mud show cage match. Great. Big deal. So that was dynamite for you. Let's get into the excrement impression so we can wrap this segment up. <laughs> um, just give me one second here. I got it right here. Coming to you live tomorrow night on Rampage on TNT. It's the ONR semifinal women's tournament match with Athena taking on Will Nigo. We'll hear from the Dark Order and AW Women's World Champion Tony Storm. Kanose Takeshita Don Cow's family will be in action. The Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer will be taking on Tremperetta of Best Friends. And our main event, it's Keith Lee and the natural Dusty Rhodes taking on. Daddy Magic Matt Menard and Cool Ange Angel Parker. Then on Saturday night on Collision. It's the finals of the 2023 Men's and Women's Own Heart Tournament. The winner of Athena and Will Rigel taking on Ruby Soho. Excuse me. <laughs> also, we have FTR against Bull Cup Gold in a two out of three falls match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. And our main event, it's CM Punk against Ricky Starks in the finals of the 2023 Men's Owen Hart Memorial Tournament Cup winners. <laughs> and immediately found that in the third hour of a special three-hour special on TNT, it's AW Battle of the Belt 7 as Luchasaurus puts his AW TNT title on the line against Sean Spears. More matches to be announced on Twitter. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter at Tony Khan. And don't forget to get your tickets right now. All your AW tickets right now at AWTX.com. That's AWTIX.com. And on that note, I pose the question each and, every, each and every single week. You let me know in the comment section down below. What the hell is wrong with the AW? This has been... What the hell is wrong with A-E-W? Oh.
Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, All then. Right, then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. We've reached that part in the show where we're about to say goodbye. But beforehand, we have one more thing to do, and that's crown a new winner of the Clown of the Week. I got Clown, 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 you're big on Clown, 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 Clown. One more time for good measure. I got Clown, 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 you're big on Clown, 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 Clown. Alright, the cloud of the week hurts my heart to say this about the entire university of Northwestern. Figure it out. That's all I gotta say about it. I see the news. I see all the fires that are going on right now. And Northwestern's not even my alma mater, but Northwestern's my favorite uh, college in the city of Chicago when it comes to sports and the logo and all this stuff. And my for the fact that my mom uh, used to uh, work in that area uh, doing the, uh, deliveries. She was a mail carrier. Um, uh, anyways, all this stuff with Northwestern is very disheartening to see. Um, it's very frustrating to see that uh, I had a couple other nominees. I was going to nominate Brian last because, you know, it's one thing for Cornette to have a back-and-forth Twitter exchange with Matt Hardy. That's all fun and fair game there, but... Brian Last, know you're rolling to shut your mouth, okay? You going back and forth acting like your shit don't stink is just not a good look. And you on air with Cornette is just, <laughs> I don't know, that his, that's hit and miss as well. But uh, I can understand Corny and Matt Hardy going back and forth on Twitter, but you pipe down a little bit, okay? And um, I had no other choice to go with um with Northwestern because it's just, it's sad, man. National news. One of your favorite things in sports is Northwestern, the, the wildcats, all that stuff. They're all just made it look like jokes. Now it's, it's a shame to see it, but, um, Northwestern, the university of Northwestern, you are the clown of the week. And I know note, we're going to say goodbye for this week's edition of the who's podcast. Hope you guys had a wonderful week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Please do me a favor if you're watching us here on YouTube. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel. It's run the road to 1,000 subscribers. Also, make sure to uh, like this video and subscribe and follow us here on Twitch as well. We're on twitch.tv backslash the Hoots Podcast. Uh, we're going to be trying to Twitch a little bit more down the road and uh, try and expand more of what the Hoots Podcast could be. And I'd love to get some more interaction on there as Twitch as well. So for those watching us on Twitch, I want to say thank you for checking us out. And I really appreciate the support. As always, you can get the audio version of the podcast uh, anywhere you get your podcast from. Google Play, what? Spotify, what? Apple Podcasts, what? Anywhere, what? This type of who's podcast and comes to you free of charge. And we appreciate the support. Uh, remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. Remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love you guys. This has been a fun episode of the Who's Podcast. Remember, as I said earlier about boundaries, you can't set boundaries if the person setting boundaries has no self-respect or any self-awareness. Be accountable 
and enjoy life, man, because we only have one day at a time. Life is not guaranteed. So uh, we'll be back, back here next week to talk more professional wrestling. Please go out your way to support my work at ProWrestlingTradScriptions.com as I start covering the G1 this weekend. And um, we'll be here for another fun episode of the Who's Podcast. It's a road to 400 episodes continues right here on the Who's Podcast. Uh, yes, sir. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>